What's up, everyone? This is the Work Prince Magicians Podcast, and I'm your host, Bilal. Joining me again this week is Nicole. What's up, Nicole? Um, a lot of cat videos for me today. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cat videos? Yeah, like, I really hope you watched that one I sent Oh, I did. it's so I, good. <laughs> I did it, and I shared it with my family. Um, <laughs> I'll probably post it along with this episode up on the uh, website today. Um, there's no review this week, uh, right, Nicole? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I Nicole. got really swamped this week. <laughs> yeah, we all have real lives and then we do this. I, on the other hand, have been a hot mess. Um, I slept for five hours and Nicole was messaging me going, Hey, are we doing the podcast? And so yeah, now we're he was actually... Like perp- he was ignoring me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I had four blankets. I was in the land of coziness. It's located next to Fillory, but also <laughs> next to the poison room. So if you're trying to get there, it's very, very... You'd be very precise. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, you might end up like a very good... Well, not a very good friend. Um, but you might like end up like a character in today's episode. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Nicole, what did you think of episode 5, Escape from the Happy Place? Um, It was pretty surprising, and um, there are some pretty good twists in in this episode, and I think it kind of sets us us up nicely for next week's episode, Um, and definitely a lot more action in this one. Yeah, no, um, things are so much better in this episode, uh, in my opinion, compared to last week. I mean, nothing wrong with last week's episode, but this week, uh, references back to one of my favorite episodes from last season, oh, or just yes. in the entire series, A Life in the Day, and it yes. does so in such an amazing way. Uh, we get the return of some of our favorite characters, like mm-hmm. Elliot! <laughs> uh, not yeah. Creature Elliot, Elliot, Elliot himself. Elliot, yeah. Yes. Um... Alice is finally out of the library. Um, though, that was a bit strange. Uh, I think we can jump into Alice. This is going to be one of those episodes which is going to be very hard to break down. And we might be all over the place, so I apologize yeah. <laughs> ahead of time. Um, like It's not like last week where every character was siloed off. There's a lot of intersecting parts with mm-hmm. this episode. And it's done really well. But in terms of like trying to take notes and recap it... Because normally what I do when I take notes is... I write down each character's name as they appear and I give them like half a page uh, of room in like a notebook and then try to connect just talk about them like that but this episode everyone's just going in and out of each other's stories at a mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous pace uh, so I we apologize if we forget anything um, so I might be relying on Nicole's notes which is more like an essay <laughs> hey yeah. I take it's hard for me not to take short notes <laughs> Apparently. I mean, I now understand why you didn't have time for a review. You took, you wrote, you wrote another one in note form. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Yeah. All right, Nicole, you want to take it away with what Alice has been up to this week? Um. Yeah. So we kind of start with Alice and Plover um, still in the Netherlands, and they've already cast the spell on the world book and they are following a little light that is um, kind of uh, appearing on a specific fountain that Plover needs to enter so um, this is the world that he's meant to be in and he is going to find peace and happiness there blah 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 so kind of while they're walking Plover's being really 
not self-righteous, but giving Alice a lot of advice, but also in kind of his his own way. And he tells her that, you know, you can apologize to your friends for your actions, but don't apologize for who you are. It's not it's not bad advice necessarily, but Alice is like Ugh, coming from you, <laughs> is, a child yeah, what is, Exactly. Yeah. It's like, like, Plumber, do you hear yourself right yeah. now? Do you, assess the situation. Yeah, read the room. Read the room. So because he's been um, sort of being super preachy, she, using her discipline, moves the light over to another fountain. And when we f- find out what this fountain is, it's the poison room fountain because it's locked and there are chains on it but Alice can easily was easily able to unlock it and um, of course Plover's sort of like this is weird why is it locked and she's like oh don't worry about it it's fine yeah it Although, really seemed yeah. kind of weird how easily yeah. she was able to open it yeah like, uh, exactly not- wouldn't she think there would be more protections um, yeah for that specific fountain right like when Penny was with that girl in the library Mm-hmm. And then he went to the poison room. Penny got in because he was a because a transporter, or teleporter. Uh, I I'm uh, forgetting my terminology. Traveler. Yeah. yeah, traveler. Tra- there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, how would a normal person like could it, that girl have? I forget her name, but could she have gotten in the same way? Yes. Although you know what, the- maybe it's also because since it's literally poisonous in there, like most maybe the librarians think that no one would be stupid enough to really go in, try to go in and that's true and they i don't really know i'm sure there's some form of categorization in the room but i don't know maybe they've set it up in a way where you can't easily find a book in that case you're forced to, to um kind of wander around and then you know the longer you stay there the greater the chances that you will die i wonder how long it took plover to realize Oh um, yeah, like, uh, this isn't the right place. <laughs> but you know what? Knowing that bastard, um, he probably managed a way to survive because uh, I don't, I never count anyone dead, dead. until true. you see, until you see them like true, completely true. dead. <laughs> true, true. So knowing Plover, he just had a spell just in waiting in case, you know, like he's dealt with Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Mar- he's dealt with Martin, so he probably has some defensive spells just in case. That's true. And, like, Alice even, you know, throws a rope in and is all nice and was like, oh, you know, um, you can climb back up in case you change your mind. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And then as soon as he jumps in, um, she tosses the rope inside and is like, peace out. <laughs> and that's where we leave Alice right now. Yeah. Uh, so let's travel over to Fillory. Where our favorite High King is, um, raining? Yes. And she is, you know, she's still stressed out. And she actually, at the very beginning of her scene, Margot asks Penny23 for a ride to Lord Freshes so that she can pick up her birthright box. But he is like, nah, I'm good. I am just gonna eat breakfast and peace out here. And they really use him like an Uber. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, yo, Penny, what are you doing? Like, I, I'm just reading this book. I'm like really into this chapter. I need a ride. I'm like, no. <laughs> they, like, they have spell. Like, is magic tapped in Fillory as well, or is it just Earth? Um, I, I'm guessing even in Fillory. It Damn, is. that's yeah. That's kind of crazy. 
Yeah, because otherwise, then Margot should be able to still perform magic and like do a portal spell, right? But yeah. No, I think yeah. Even in Fillory, they didn't have magic, and even I think in the library originally when magic got shut off, even they didn't have anything. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That is right. Um, but so once Penny leaves, um, Margot is forced to tell Fen that Elliot passed away. And, you know, it's not like Margot is one of those folks who um, is very expressive in her feelings, necessarily. So she kind of is nice enough about it, at least, and, like, lets Ben cry on her for two hours. And then she's like, okay, I have stuff to do, so I'm just gonna go. And luckily, though, um, Rafe then comes into the room and is like, oh, can you try to say hi to Abigail? Because she hasn't spoken to me all day, and he's obviously very upset to the two. So Fed and Rafe kind of console each other, and Margot goes off to get her birthright box, which she does. Um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say, and she, she does it a lot of ease. Uh, by the seems of thing, because like the next time we see her, she's just like, "I've got my box." <laughs> yeah, although she does look a little disheveled, so I think yeah. she must have like um, gone through a couple things to get back into that lake. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so she, um, so Fen's pretty much been busy um, organizing like kind of like a memorial service for Elliot. She has like. Um, like uh, like a, I think like a statue being built for him, and she had a choir and like all these sort of things. When um, Margot needs someone to open the birthright box, and there's three keys, right? I had initially thought that it was going to be a magical box, but I guess not, because she is able to get the carpenters um, to open it, and inside is a lizard. It's a lizard. <laughs> But it's not talking. <laughs> it's supposed to, I think, be like a prophetic lizard. I thought I heard that, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, so the lizard isn't talking, and Rafe kind of realizes that all of Villery's talking animals have been struck dumb. So that includes Abigail the sloth, the sheep that could supposedly sing, and now this prophetic lizard who somehow managed to live inside a box for good knows how long without food, I'm guessing. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, is that such a bad thing? Because those animals had some scary voices. Especially the bunnies. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> God, those bunnies still scare me. <sighs> <sighs> but yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very Marco Fillory problem. And since mm-hmm. Margo ran her campaign, well, she didn't really run because she, uh, she well, won. equal animal rights, right? Yeah, yeah, equal animal rights. She can't just leave the animals to hang. Um, Although, but it, yeah, but it seems like there's more going on with Margot, mm-hmm. uh, especially with how Fen's reacting to Elliot's uh, death. Uh, mostly in the terms of she hasn't mourned and she doesn't mm-hmm. have the time to mourn. Yeah, uh, and she's. I think she's in denial too because she knows that once she starts mourning, like she, it'll be really hard for her to stop and she and Fen kind of have that that conversation where she says that if she starts crying she she just won't be able to stop and she'll be useless and someone needs to rule so she's just not letting herself like go through that those emotions and um you kind of like you can't help but really feel for her and so she decides to pop an ambient 
and just peace out for a little while after that entire situation. Yeah, and that's Margot for you this mm-hmm. week. Um, I definitely things get more interesting next week. Uh, I think for Margot, it's a lot of setup mm-hmm. uh, yep. for what's coming next, and we definitely see what I I, I think cracks starting to form mm-hmm. in Margot, uh, or maybe more what Lord Fresh said in the f- premiere of her being like this lone leader. Uh, no, Lord Fresh. Was it Lord Fresh that said that, or was it? Um, yes, Lord Ember. Fresh. Lord Fresh did say that she was going to um, rule alone. Yes. Although, um, I kind of watched. I rewatched a little bit of A Day in a Life last night and saw that scene between um, Margot and um, Jane Chatwin. And Jane also tells her, though, that she's going to be a great magician and, an, like, an even better queen and that her reign would not be boring. And so I, I'm pretty sure Jane also knew that, you know, Margot was going to end up ruling alone, I think. At least okay. for a certain amount of time she would. Yeah. That sucks because Marco is so much better when she has uh, her friends around her. Yeah. But not saying she's boring by herself. I just think... She can be volatile mm-hmm. in certain situations. But this is probably also kind of forcing her to really grow as a person, right? Oh, Learn, 100%. Yeah, where she has to be responsible for everything by herself. Yeah. yeah. And I just think when she interacts with everyone in Fillory, I feel like to Marco, everyone's a child besides yeah. her because <laughs> she has to take care of every single yeah, thing. Yeah, every single thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think that does it for that. So how do you want to jump into this next section? Do we want to jump Let's... into the very beginning with what was going on with Elliot? Uh, or do we want to jump in with uh, Penny, Julia, Quentin, and Alice? Um, let's maybe go through... Ooh. Let's go through, okay, Penny, Julia, Quentin, and Alice up to a point wherein before the playground. Okay. And then we can go to switch to Elliot first so we can sort of show how the dual sort of um, timelines are happening at the same time. Yeah. Okay. That works. All right. Cool. So Penny 23, after he leaves Fillory, goes back to the apartment and... um, He's still obviously trying to be super helpful to Julia, his lily love. But Shoshana's like, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm the one who, who knows how to do the diagnostics. So uh, we can handle it from here. Um, Yo, Shoshana but, is yeah. that new best friend that shows up out of nowhere and then like <laughs> ruins your relationship with the good friend you have. And you're just like, you're like, she's trouble. She trouble. <laughs> But like your friend's not your best friend's not listening and it gets really upsetting. You know what, Shoshana, you should know I understand you're her number one fan, but you just showed up. Get in line. Penny twenty three has an entire timeline of history. Hey, I think Julia. by the end of this episode though, Penny twenty three don't gotta worry about her. <laughs> Damn, Nicole, that was cold. Her body's still fresh. <laughs> it's still warm. It's still warm. <laughs> Um, so Penny's like, okay, well, yeah, just call me if you, like, need a ride or whatever. And so he ends up, um, traveling away, and he 
poor guy is like sitting on a bench somewhere where a person suddenly sits next to him and goes hey petty right and he's like yeah do i know you and then he gets drugged and we don't know what happens to him but we'll find out next week yeah i mean i think this is everyone's fear where you're just minding your own business and someone comes up to you and just sticks you with a needle of drugs poor penny yeah he he's not had such a great great time yet since coming in this timeline yeah, you know, especially when the McAllisters are looking for you and stuff, if somebody comes up to you and asks for you by name, and you're a magician on the run, I think maybe you should it's not, not answer. Yeah, maybe you should just... say, my name is John, or something else. My name is Nickel, or Quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Half so, dollar is my exactly. name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just got those jokes. <laughs> I was like, wait, why are you saying Nickel and... Oh, okay. <gasps> So, Julia, well, back to Julia and Shoshana. Um, Shoshana asks Julia if there is, if she has any kind of, like, cloaking spell or anything on her because this could be interfering with their diagnostic. And, of course, Julia says, yeah, I have a massive cloaking spell because the McAllisters are still after them. But before she can say, please don't do anything, Shoshana has already removed it. And um, time suddenly stops and Iris, the messenger goddess, appears and she's super pissed that Julia and her friends let the monster out um, because now the gods are in hiding because, hello, they're being hunted. Yeah, you know what, gods? Maybe if you actually showed up and did your job, maybe give a little warning mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe... Here's the reason why you shouldn't yeah. let them out. Yeah. You know, you could have stopped them anytime along the route of the Seven Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe when they got to Black Spire... Or, you know, just at any, at any point, don't come after the fact and be like, you know what, you guys goofed and we're pissed. And if you don't correct this, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Like, or maybe they could have turned magic back on. And exactly. <laughs> and, like, whoa, whoa, and eliminate whoa. the reason for them to go on this quest to begin with. But, hey, you know. Yeah, I guess you know, they're gods. flawed, too. <laughs> yep. So, Iris basically tells Julia that um, they need to uh, help trap the monster again and she gives Julia um, this thing called a living stone and um, this uh, stone is actually the building material that's used in Black Spire and prevents the monster from um, from teleporting essentially and so they would just need to bleed the stone off, off of its blood and then um, use the blood on the monster slash creature Elliot and this will immobilize him for a few minutes and then which Iris will come and take the guy back to Black Spider. So she's very, very annoyed and is like, oh, an important thing too. So Julia's like, I'll help you if you tell me what I am. And Iris says that she's kind of stuck in between a human and a god and is sort of living the worst aspects of it, wherein she's helpless and can't do magic, but is indestructible and is immortal. So all her friends will die, but she'll live on because only, I guess only a god can kill her at this point. So, what you're saying is, Julia is Hercules. Ooh, yeah. Hey, that's a really interesting point. Hmm. So, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if this came to you. So, they used the Living Stone as a prison at Black Spire Mm -hmm. to hold a creature. But the gods themselves can't touch it. So, how do they do that, right? So, how did they do that, and who created the Living Stone? 
Or is it just with. like, yeah, like, so it, Calypso, I have questions. Yeah. Calypso <sighs> designed it, but they must have gotten someone else to build it. Like, maybe, I don't know if it's they used, like, demigods or they used, like, um, like uh, magical creatures maybe to build it. Who knows, right? Yeah, it's just... It, it's weird because, like, mm-hmm. the more you think about the gods the and their weaknesses, I just feel like they're just high-powered magicians in a sense. Yeah, like, just with, like, way, way greater magic, right? Yeah. They have a better... They're immortal somehow, mm-hmm. but they're just better magicians. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm starting to get, uh, wonder if, like, that really is the case and there's nothing special about these people. Uh, um, yeah. So... I'd be curious to see where that goes. Agreed, agreed. Um, so before Iris leaves, she basically tells Julia to not do what she normally does and like screw it up again. Um, nice. And then after um, Julia and Shoshana tell Iris, uh, tell Quentin, who's come back to the apartment, kind of uh, what's going on and catching him up on stuff, and Shoshana's like. Um, they shouldn't trust Iris because Bacchus apparently really disliked her and she she convinced Bacchus to do something a long time ago but Bacchus never told Shoshana about it and that alone should be such a huge indicator that they should not trust her and that they shouldn't do what she says but of course Quentin and Julia both feel like they don't really have a choice right now because they are still both under the assumption that Elliot is dead and so they would rather be, I mean, is prison the creature again? Oh yeah, right? yeah. And in in my mind as well, like it's going off of like how pushy Iris was. I don't mm-hmm. like her. Uh, yeah. She doesn't come across as like she comes more around like the bossy friend that you don't want, mm-hmm. but you're kind of stuck with. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking too, like maybe um, the thing that Iris made Bacchus do before was in fact you know um, do whatever the gods did to the monster, right? Because I, like, you know, he could have been convinced that this was the right thing to do, even though it was, you know, probably pretty horrific, whatever they did, to, like, remove parts of the monster. Yeah. Yeah, that does not sound like fun. Mm -hmm. So, after that, um, the monster, speaking of which, appears, and, oh, previously, Quentin and him were at a diner, the diner still from last week, and Quentin had suggested that he oh, yeah. visit um, Mesopotamia because the thing, the, the little thing that he, the, the monster has been carrying, looks really, really old, like, like beginning of civilization old. So, the monster goes to Mesopotamia, and then he comes back to the condo and um, figures out um, something new with the object, wherein when he channels his energy or his power into it, these hieroglyphics um, appear. That's pretty cool. What could that be? So, yeah. oh, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm really curious because I love hieroglyphic stuff. I mean, who doesn't love ancient Egypt? But no one knows what the language is just yet. Um, but I'm curious to see where this plays out because knowing the magicians, a lot of this isn't what it's going Seems, to seem yeah. to be. Yep. Exactly. Um, so thankfully though the monster doesn't notice that they're trying to bleed the living stone and Quentin kind of covers it up and says that oh they're just reading books you know trying to 
get more information on stuff and um Yo, the monster was blind in that scene, in yeah, my like, opinion. Yeah, like, how did you not? It was, like, right there. <laughs> it was right there, and he's, like, really slow about hiding it. He's just like, oh, Ooh. shit, uh, dunk. And he's well, like, I'm reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> so then Julius suggests that after the monster shows them the hieroglyphs that they can try and figure out what it means by going to the library. Um inside in the in the apartment but then Quentin's like no 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 you guys should you know go somewhere else and so they um end up going to break bills one because break bills probably does have a bigger library but also as a means of distraction so that Quentin can keep bleeding the stone in the apartment without the monster catching them so Julia um, the monster and Shoshana go to uh, break bills while Quentin I love stays how- behind I love that they take like the most dangerous thing in the known universe to break bills, where everyone's just trying to learn magic, and where this guy will kill over sprinkles. Kill everyone, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we've seen multiple times how easily he can just snap a snap a bone in, his, in someone's body, and they're just like, "Let's go to break bills." <laughs> Luckily, luckily, things that break spells go pretty smoothly for the most part. Yeah, and like, you know, you would think that, or, well, maybe I I was thinking like, oh, like, wouldn't they maybe want to notify uh, Fog? But then again, since they're still kind of trying to be undercover, it's probably better that Fog doesn't know where they are or, or, or like plausible deniability, right? He could be like, oh, well, I haven't seen them. Who knows where they are, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so at the library, Shoshana kind of finds something, but then Julia's like, oh, no, 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 this is the wrong thing. And, um... Yeah, Shoshana literally finds what the creature is looking for, and she's like, I found it, not realizing she has to buy time. Yeah, it's like, this is a distraction <laughs> mission, not yeah. actually helping the monster. <laughs> uh, how did she, um, distract him again? Uh, uh, Julia. Julia. She. Julia basically was just like, "Oh, this isn't the right thing." And then the monster's like, "Oh, I hate books," and like kind of stomps off and is like looking at like other students, I guess, in the library. And like, um, that's kind of what I remember. And then she tells Shoshana to leave, but Shoshana's like, "No, no, no! I can't. I've already lost one. Like, uh, I've already lost one god. Like, I can't lose another." Um, and then I think they cut to a different scene after that. Yeah. 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 I think they did. Uh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, so we can go back to Quentin, who's in the apartment. And... Um, yeah, who's trying to bleed a stone. Yeah. And manages, like, one drop. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's, like, shaking his hand after every drop, like, in excitement. He's like, yeah, I'm so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> and then a knock and at then, the door. Yeah. Who does it turn out to be? Dun-dun-dun-dun. It's Alice. So she's yeah, finally you know, come back to the group. Yeah. In, like, record time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing how fast she's able to find everyone who apparently has cloaking spells. I guess that world book really works. Yeah. I guess it can, yeah, and probably is able to look past the cloaking spell, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe if maybe it just points to where she needs to be. Yeah. Which oh, kind of leads true. into... That's true. Yeah. Um, that's true. So she, yeah, it kind of points she into comes, where she needs to go yeah. next. 
She needs to go, yeah. So she and Quentin have a very, like, awkward and sort of tense conversation where she's like, I am here because, you, like, I read your book and that, you know, I actually... And she tells him that she changed the endings to their book so that they can't be tracked by the library. And, but in his original, in the original... um text of his book he's actually gonna die in two days because she knows that he is bleeding a stone a living stone and then um but the monster catches him first and then kills him and so she's like i am just here to help you like i don't want you to die but he's being kind of really um bitter about everything that's happened and so he eventually though lets her in because he realizes that he needs her help to like bleed the stone faster and so then alice is able to do it like super duper fast yeah like quentin was like turning the knob on the faucet the wrong way trying to get water out alice just like turns it to the right and it just drains yeah <laughs> like it's no problem yeah like i think she said oh it'll be done in two minutes <laughs> yeah absolutely ridiculous like she's just that good of a magician mm-hmm. and she um she like you can kind of tell like she's trying really hard to fix the mess that she's made and she even tells him you know she, to like let her stick around to help because she doesn't want him to die and at first she was even like why don't you run because you know the monster is going to kill you and he and he's like no if if he bails then iris is going to kill julia and he's like i don't bail on my friends basically and um she like in that conversation that they have after she um she even tells him that she uh, sent Plover to the poison room and she yeah. thought it was a good thing, right? And he was like, oh my god, you killed my, ch- like, the the author of my, my favorite child author. Yeah, and, and you're like, but he <laughs> was a molester, Quentin. Don't forget yeah. this. Yeah, I, I feel like that was a really weird response from Quentin on this because like, Quentin, you know how big of a monster he is. Like, you saw it firsthand. What are you talking about? Like, Send that dude to the poison room. Yeah. Although, you know, I get it. You know, probably, like... like After everything she's done already. Yeah, like, two wrongs don't make a right. And it's sort of like, is it really up to you to to play God to send him somewhere, you know, to kill him? Like, should you be judge, jury, and executioner? So I get it. I get it. But poor Alice. She's like, I'm just trying to do something right. And, like, um, you know, is is it possible that her moral compass is still, like highly off because of her time as a niffin and that you know the old alice i'm pretty sure wouldn't have done that right but this new version of alice is you know very different from like who she was before and it's sort of i think kind of in the middle of like her original character and then her niffin character and now her trying to like find a new um sort of moral compass right yeah because i the alice in season one and early season two was not like the go-getter type. She was very, mm-hmm. she's very much quieter, yeah. Yeah. reserved. And this one, like, she knows what she needs to do, or she'll go find out what she needs to do and do it. Like, no- nothing is pos- possible, uh, impossible for her to accomplish, uh, and she'll do what she thinks is right, which I don't think 
we would have gotten from the original Alice. So I think you're right in regards to um, she's somewhere in the middle this time around. Because she's not a complete maniac like the Niffin. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and just one more note on Plover. So we actually had um, someone comment last week that the marks on Plover's uh, forehead were anti-aging magic so that the beast could put on uh could could um sort of indefinitely tor- uh, torment and torture him so i was like oh that's really good information to know thank you very much um commenter <laughs> wait so if it's anti-aging and he can't get older mm-hmm. does that mean he could still die from old age you know what that's a good question or is he immortal now too? Hmm. No, I'm sure I, there's an extent would, to it. I'm sure there's yeah, a limitation w- to it. Yeah, I would imagine there has to be an extent to it because otherwise every magician would be immortal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Finding what? loopholes in all the magicians' magic, <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're closing them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in frustration, Alice basically then tells Quentin about the world book and says that, you know, there's a spell that he can cast with her to, that'll show her uh, where she needs to go and she'll just go there and leave no matter where it is. Um, and so Quentin's like, okay, promise that you'll leave. And um, so she promises. And that is so cold. Like, like I get it. You know, she kind of really screwed them over last season, right? Um but that it's it's so i i'm just surprised at like the the level how much they are yeah yeah they're they're not willing to forgive her um and even though uh, man but you know i I get it i get it yeah Yeah. he's grieving and if someone i mean it's alice too she doesn't have like the best track track record Mm -hmm. with everyone so she's just like yay i'm here to save you i'd be like yeah, I've heard uh, this one before. Yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> um, but he does let her stay on and sort of um, help with their plan. Help out. Yeah. So because she's still pretty insistent that she wants to be at the site. So did we, we haven't talked about yet what their actual plan is, though, right? To how they're going to use the, um, the blood from the living stone. No, we haven't. Essentially, I think Alice reads the last paragraph of mm-hmm. Quentin's book from memory to Quentin, where he gets distracted by a dog and a woman in a park uh, when he plans to splash the, bl- the blood from the stone onto uh, creature Elliot. Mm-hmm. And the creature notices it in that moment of hesitation and kills Quentin. So Alice is like, he doesn't expect me, he doesn't know me, uh, so I can do it instead Uh, Uh, so that's their plan yes and um quentin also thinks because they've been able to bleed the stone faster um instead of him dying in two days like they're gonna do it that day and so it should change the outcome of what the book had said right but exactly but that's not a guaranteed so alice is like please let me come still too um and so they end up going to the park where um, um, Alice is, um, they kind of go through the plan and Julia's on standby. Or I mean, Alice is on standby and then Julia appears at the park too, I believe with Elliot and Shoshana. Or Creature Elliot and Shoshana, right? Yeah. So yes, but before there. we continue, yeah. yes. Let's check and it out real Elliot. Gonna, 
And we're gonna go all the way back to the beginning of Yay. the episode, the opening <laughs> scene. <sighs> so, Elliot is in um, the makeshift uh, uh, physical kids cabin, and he's teaching Todd kind of the ropes. And so this, I think, presumably is when Todd first um, comes to break bills, and we find out that Todd's real name is Elliot also but Elliot's like yo there can only be one Elliot here so he makes Todd take his middle name instead and um is sort of trying to he doesn't teach him like how to make the signature physical kids cabin cocktail but implies that he needs to know how to do this this yeah yeah Uh, but it, it, it is it me or is it weird how much Todd shows up for a lot of these people in like, why is Todd so important to Elliot that he is, is in this it, place with him? That's true. And you know what? Speaking of that, I actually hope that we get a Todd sort of focused episode. <laughs> just so that... Oh, God. No, no, no. Just so that we know Todd's backstory. I think it'd be hilarious. Backstory. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that would be really great to know just because, you know, he's like a side character, but side characters have, I'm sure, can have rich storylines as well. So... I hope we get a Todd-focused episode one of these days. If not, you know, uh, this season, next season would be great. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, And so Elliot is kind of going through different, like, different um, scenes at this point where at first he's talking to Todd and then he hears a knock and he's like, no, 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 you got to ignore that. And then he and Margot... are throwing this really great party and Margo's like oh should I get that and he's like no um whoever is knocking can't be cool enough to come in here um and then she the, the scene changes again and they're kind of just relaxing on the couch and he, she tells him to like make him a dr- make her a drink he goes to do that and she finally goes to open the door because there's more knocking and she tells whoever's at the door you can't come inside but then she gets pulled outside and Elliot runs after her and we see that they're suddenly outside of the main um, sort of uh, hall entrance of break bills and Margot has this dude very familiar dude in a chokehold and it's the guy, it's the dude who's, um, who originally played the monster last season before he body switched. So, yeah. And, uh, quite the outfit as well. Yeah, is it, I don't know how you would describe it. Like, which, is it like, it's, is it like a medieval jester's costume, sort of? <laughs> yeah, something, something <laughs> like that. Something you'd find some guy wearing in like a high court being like, why oh, yeah. are you wearing that? um and so um but like before before we continue there's something that Margot says like while they're on the couch she's like how do you feel about summer and she keeps on asking him about summer and i found that really weird is i was wondering if it's because Margot's real name well the actress playing Margot is is, is, her name is summer right yeah i don't know if there's something else what yeah, I was really confused. At first, I thought the book character name was Summer, but that was actually Janet. It's Janet, yep. yep. Was it Janet? Yes. Janet yeah. Pluchowski, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, you know, um, Margot's fake persona name this season. Oh, shit. That's where they got that from. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> that's why that was hilarious. Um, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> 
What, Bilal? <laughs> I I told you know, I've read like half yeah. of the original magician's book, but it moved yeah. so slowly for me that <laughs> I just like you know what for the first time ever the TV show is probably better than the book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm so, probably gonna get some angry emails over that. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Both are equally amazing. There we go. Um, and so, wh- while they're still outside, you suddenly kind of hear the shrieks of what seems to be like flying creatures. And so the three of them head back into um, the physical kid's cabin, and um, the newcomer kind of then explains everything that's going on to Elliot. His body has been possessed by a monster. He's in this place called the Remembrance where the monster basically shoved all of its all of his um um soul so to speak into this tiny corner. And in here it's all of his uh inside kind of like physical kids cabin is all of his happy memories and so it's apparently very easy to lose track of time and of reality and just kind of live there he had um the guy who introduces himself as charlton was a previous host of the monster of course and um he then kind of also explains that you know, the creatures are um, former prisoners of Black Spire that the monster ate. He also explains that um, the knight Aura had uh, died. Um, I, I think this was before Elliot must have, or before the monster jumped into Elliot's body, I think. Um, because after after Charlton's body, he went into Aura's body, and then Aura's body went into um, Elliot. Um, because she, we find out that there is a door. And in this door, it's a way for them to be able to take, uh, take uh, repossess their body for a short period of time, at least. And so Aura was trying to find the door, but ended up being killed by the creatures um, uh, outside the happy, the happy Remembrance. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, the door itself is also hidden um, in Elliot's memories, and it's hidden in kind of like the most traumatic memories that you don't want to think about. And so this was such a fun and kind of very um, like insightful journey into Elliot's character and like really be able to see all of um, the many different memories that he has had. And like you go through a whole bunch of different bad memories. Um, like the time when he first used magic and uh, killed a bully, right? By, um, I think, having yeah. uh, the the bully get run over by a school bus. Yeah, that one's pretty... Uh, and it's funny because, like, he doesn't... Uh, I think, what was it, Charlton? I was like... You don't seem so broken up about this. Like, like, it's no, your worst I'm super, memory. I'm super aching inside. <laughs> yeah. So then they, uh, we see, like, Elliot find uh, his best friend comes up to him, like, right mm-hmm. after, and they're, like, laughing and stuff. And then Elliot's like, oh, no, this might not be my worst memory. And it jumps to, like, the auditorium mm-hmm. uh, or the gymnasium. And they're all kicking that kid. I think his name is Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, the gym teacher comes in. And he uh, breaks everything up, but like as like the kids are kicking him, like you could ha- hear them throw like homophobic like slurs at him, basically, you know, telling you that Taylor was actually gay. And then 
as all the kids are walking away, young Elliot comes back and kicks him again. And crazy. you can just yeah, oh. and it, you just see Elliot like broken up about like the self hate he had mm-hmm. for himself. Uh, but even that didn't turn out to be the worst uh, memory. Out, the worst memory. But we it, one good thing does come out of that scene mm-hmm. is that the gym teacher is killed, <laughs> oh, and yeah. and he serves as a distraction for those creatures that show up uh, to hunt down Elliot and Charlton. So um, they are able to devise a plan to you to conjure up Elliot's memories to use as fodder to buy time so yes. the creatures don't kill him. Yes. Um but in the meantime they go back to the physical kids cabin and create a board of all of Elliot's worst and most embarrassing memories. And it's pretty hilarious. Which is, yeah. Um I I just know some site is gonna have that up Oh, yeah. By tomorrow morning. That would be pretty sweet. The breakdown. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. It'll be from yeah. bad haircuts to boyfriends, other people's boyfriends that I've slept with, to um, dads and dicks. <laughs> yeah. And it was just one like mom walking in while masturbating, mom walking in while having sex. Um, there's like, Failure there's to launch. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has never happened to, to me this before. Failure to, to launch, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh it's 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 it, it's good. Yeah, like it's, they balance that comedy well. And he then also conjures up um, his little team to help um, uh, d- distract the the creatures. So there's um, Quentin. Right after he convinced him to fight Penny, I think season one, there's Fen um, with her knives when she was ready to pi- fight pirates on the Munchak. And then there's um, Margot. Just just Margot. <laughs> well, Margot, um, while they were playing the Welters game, because she was captain oh, yes. and very aggressive and ready to kill people. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, and there's that a hilarious. hilarious scene that plays out uh, of her just like, one of the creatures appearing and Margot's like, let me at him. And she's like, kicks the crap and she, yeah out of she's it. fine she's totally fine <laughs> and they like they kind of abandon her and i'm like what yeah, the hell she can still like come back yeah yeah so then yeah, um, um charlton gets injured a little bit um he gets stabbed with like, oh yeah a claw <laughs> was it like and did he, like, the creature like shoot the claw or something i don't know but you just see like a fingernail claw like in there after yeah um, so then, um, Quentin, fake Quentin, is trying to help, um, Elliot figure out what the worst memory could really be, and Elliot's like, oh, Q, you're such a good friend, even though you're not real, and Q goes, well, you know, you sacrifice for the ones you love, and Elliot's like, oh, crap, I know where we need to go, <laughs> and this was such a good scene, Oh, oh god. So Best so scene. Good. And I yeah, like after watching the scene I had to pause and rewatch the day in the life scene because it was so good. And so to kind of step back a little bit, this next scene is the continuation of the throne room scene at the end of day um Dana Life of where Elliot and Quentin are at the throne room in Fillory. 
and they've suddenly gotten back all the memories that they experienced in the other timeline from their um, life together of like 50 years, right? And so we. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yes, it is. It's. I think, like, yeah, that their life together uh, was so good and like so like emotional and like uh, it, it's so good. God, that episode should have been nominated for an Emmy, in my opinion. <laughs> robbed, robbed, sci-fi. <laughs> oh. But we. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh God. Yeah. Basically. We get the aftermath of that scene, and it's basically Quentin being like, you know, d- we worked. We have, like, 50 years of proof that we work. And Elliot kind of blows him off, being like, no, you know, that was due to circumstance. It wouldn't be the case. Basically, Elliot was afraid to commit mm-hmm. while he, I, well, from what it seems like, had those same memories. And uh, yep. it, it's it's heartbreaking, and Elliot realizes, like, this is one of the worst things. He'd ever uh, done, yeah. Yeah, and... It, at least one of my favorite lines from the episode and possibly from the series as well and it's uh elliot going to quit it's, it's weird because like the real elliot can interact with the memory forms mm-hmm. as well because like the scene plays out as if they're not there but then he interacts with the quentin there and he tells them he's like if i ever get out of here q know that when i'm braver it's because i learned it from you <laughs> yeah. oh my God. and it's just like i was <laughs> like <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. So as soon as like I think he says that line, a door appears Mm -hmm. and Elliot walks out. Yes. And And we're back in the park. We're back in the park. (laughs) Because um real Quentin, Julia, um, and Alice are kind of getting ready to spring their trap. And um but right as when the the monster is walking towards Quentin, um, Elliot takes real Elliot takes over the body and um, go tells uh, Quentin it's like Q it's me and then and then Q Quentin's obviously very confused he's like what are you talking about and Elliot goes 50, 50 years like proof of concept or something right and then does yeah, he kiss about him pe- I forget if he kisses peach, him peaches peaches and plums peaches and plums yeah. He uh he kisses him in the memory, uh, uh not not in the uh, park. Uh, not in the park. Okay, okay. Um, so then Quentin realizes that it's the real Elliot, and so pushes him away. Um, before Alice can dump the the blood on him, so it the blood gets dumped on Quentin instead, and um, you know it's only for a brief few moments that Elliot is able to regain control of his body, and then the creature comes back. Um, and Iris shows up at the same time, and Iris is like, you guys screwed this up again. But then the creature comes behind her and wait, says... Wait, you forgot... Oh, wait, what You I forgot, forgot where Iris fires off a blast at Julia. Oh, oh my Shoshana gosh. But Shoshana steps oh, yes. the way. <laughs> yes, so that's how Shoshana is no longer a problem for Penny. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, Penny. Uh, poor, sh- poor Shoshana. She dies. And she dies protecting you know what? That, her lady. That's but what that's she gets for follower. stepping on Penny's... T- that's a true follower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she really is. But you know what? That's what you get for being a shitty person to Penny. <laughs> karma. Pen- yeah, it's, it's karma magic. Penny's under specialty. You heard it here first. <laughs> so then um, uh, the monster appears behind uh, Iris and kills her and takes out the second um whatchamacallit um p 
piece of whatever it is that's inside the goddess's body. But then, of course, the monster's like pissed and he was like, this was a trap. But Alice, whom he doesn't know, cleverly says, oh my gosh, it worked, guys. And so they're able to kind of convince the monster that they had to plan this all in secret and it was for him to lure Iris so that he could get Iris. And then Julia offers up the little note that um, Shoshana found earlier in the Brickbills library where she explains that, oh, we also think that we found what we need for the hieroglyphics where it looks like it's parts to make a body. And she goes, is this your body? And so the monster is temporarily um, kind of mollified and he goes, oh, that was kind of like, that was really good. And then disappears. Yeah. They're lucky he has the mindset of a child. child. As soon as that dude gets his memories back, they're screwed. Oh, yeah. oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> they need to get their shit together fast. Oh yes, and um, so after that, um, I think we're back at the apartment, right? So yes, Quentin is just finished casting this the world book spell with Alice, and Alice is trying to apologize again, and is like. I forget if she's if that's the time when she says, "Oh, why can't you let me stay and stuff?" And he's like, "Listen, I loved you, but you couldn't trust that." And yeah. So, you know, we're done. Like, I can't do this. And so she is very heartbroken, and you can tell that she's she she's been trying to help, but whatever she's doing is just like not good enough because yeah, he has like completely lost faith and trust in her too. So but then you know she leaves. Props for her for keeping her word at yeah, least. Yeah, at this time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, oh, uh, yeah, the episode ends there, and, uh, you know what? It's possibly one of the, maybe, top two episodes of the season so far, I don't know. in my opinion. You, you gotta wait for six and seven. Those are really Well, good. I mean, so yeah. far, at least. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've watched all six. I'm halfway through seven i just that's when i decided to take my nap because i was tired um but episode six is really good and it's gonna be an easy one to recap because we go back into everyone doing their own thing but you know what you know what i'm gonna tell you fans because you tuned in guess who's not in episode six katie katie's not in episode six hey spoiler alert below (laughs) you know what I'm, i'm just setting them up for all the katie fans up for more disappointment but apparently we'll find out what she's been up to a little soon bit Soon enough, on. yes, soon, soon enough. Soon enough, um, a.k.a. episode 7. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right, going to be uh, good. I, it's going to be really good. I, yeah. I know, I want to go back. You know what was weird? Because remember I told you last time I started episode 5, I was halfway through and I took a nap mm-hmm. again. Um, I'm, guys, I'm just tired all the time. A lot of naps for you. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, it was like 1 a.m., so that was more like sleep. Um... Yeah, a lot of the time I watch the show, uh, it tends to be really late night. But um, yeah, I'm glad I rewatched this episode instead of resuming because I did not remember the beginning part uh, also well. So it's a really good episode. It was a really good episode. Yeah, it was really uh, good. And I wish that we had more Josh in this too, but um, he'll he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. He'll but be back. It's, it's good because next week there's some really good character stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I think we'll be recording that one 
before your trip, along hopefully, with seven. Yes. Yes, yeah, hopefully. That's the plan. Yeah. Um. We, yeah, and then I'll figure out something for the reviews. If not, it'll just be a podcast post. Yeah. Um. But it looks like this episode has finished airing, and maybe some of you are like, "Where's the episode? Where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Blame so, Bilal and his uh, naps. <laughs> yes, it's my fault. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you guys could always follow us over at theworkprint.com. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. The Work Print. You can follow me at Bilal underscore Mia on uh, Twitter. And Nicole, where um, can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter under N-double-I-X-E. And we'll see you guys or talk to you guys again soon. Thank you again for oh, yeah. your listening ship. Yep. Uh, and just shout out to Galusha. Oh, yes, for his comment. On yes. the article us. Yes. So just, just a quick thing. Uh why Margot and Josh weren't a weird thing. There's this, According to Galusha, there's established chemistry uh, from season two where Margot goes, just putting this out there, would it be weird if I fucked Josh? And Elliot says, I sure hope it would be weird. So <laughs> and it got it's weird! Been a th- <laughs> and it did get weird. <laughs> um, so thank you, Galusha. Uh, and we'll look forward to more comments and stuff from all of you uh, in the future. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye.